This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. Michigan-Maryland football preview, kind of. Maybe if there was one game that fans would love to fast forward through all season, this is probably the one with Ohio State looming uh, next week and Michigan at 9-1, and one, heavy favorites over the Terrapins. I guess really, I mean, you know, we can, we're going to skip keys to the game because I think the big key is don't, one key one is don't lose and two is be as healthy as you can. Uh, but we will kind of work through the matchup, what we think is going to happen a little bit. Um, because because it is still a game to be played. It, it, you know, Maryland does not look very good, but they they haven't. They it's not it's not like they're losing forty five to three. You know, they lost to Michigan State forty to twenty one. Uh, you know, they they kept it. I think it was like what thirty five seventeen against Penn State. So it's not like they're getting blasted. This isn't the worst team in the Big Ten. It's probably not even the worst team in the division, maybe not even the second worst team in the division, but probably second worst team in the division. But anyway, uh, so, so I already said the keys to the game, (laughs) but, but we are going to go through our, through our um, prop bets our over unders and kind of use that to help us preview some of the key storylines of this game. For example, you know, when do backups play? What, what, what will count as a successful weekend as well? Cause that is something to keep in mind. And, and Steve, I know you're on the same page as me. It's one thing for them to win, and that that might winning period is fine. But you know, how do you handle the game plan? How do you handle playing your backups versus keeping your starters fresh? Uh, how do you are there some areas that Maryland parallels to Ohio State? So those are all things that we'll look at. Our our over unders are are provided by Beige Galaga on Twitter and via Azul on the message board. Last week, Steve, you and I both went six for eight. I think we actually disagreed on a couple. So I think we might have collectively gotten all eight right in some capacity. Um, and we are now well above 500, actually, on the year. I'm 44 for 71. You're 42 for 71. We got eight more this week. Starting with the offense, Michigan passes for 239.5 yards over or under yeah, Steve, I, I'm curious, you know, Maryland, their their defense is just not good in general. But I think if if I'm Michigan's coaches, and I don't know where you stand on this, I think this is a game where you try to try to pass. Um because I think I mean one, Maryland uh just not very good defensively across the board, but um, you know, especially in pass, they're 105th in passing yards per game allowed, 101st in passer yards per attempt allowed. Um, you know, quietly holding teams to a somewhat low completion percentage. But but the one thing for me is I think this is probably not a game where Hassan Haskins should carry the ball 30 times like he did last week. This is a game where I think you probably try to limit Haskins. You don't want to rest him, although maybe, I guess maybe you might, but 
but you know, you don't want him to take on this heavy workload that he's sore heading into next week. Plus you think about the receivers they're they're having some guys, they've had some shuffling due to injuries. I think this is a game where you see if you can just win with the pass because that's generally speaking. I mean, it's, it's safer in terms of injury and, and, and fatigue. So I'm going to take the over. Actually. I think this is a game where, where they try to maybe get Cade McNamara to throw 25 times a game. What do you think? Yeah, I'll take the over. I think the only re- if you're Michigan and you want to decide you want to run the football, it better not be Hassan Haskins carrying the ball the majority of the game. There is no reason on Saturday for Michigan to and again, unless this turns into a, a close game where they need him. You know, then of course you have to utilize him. But if, if this is a game where Michigan's in control, there is no reason to run Haskins into the ground on Saturday. Um I'll post this later. But, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Michigan utilizes Donovan Edwards on Saturday, given we don't really know Blake Corum's status. But either way, I think this is a game you want to see Donovan Edwards if you are going to run the football a lot. That being said, I'm going to go with the over as well, because I agree. Maryland's susceptible. Uh, their pass defense is susceptible. And, and, and there's no reason, I think, for Michigan to not try to throw the ball a little bit more in this game to, to uh, kind of keep that balance going, get some more guys involved, maybe build, do, uh, do some confidence building at receiver heading into next week. So um, I'm going to take the over as well. All right. In a similar vein, 1.5 sacks allowed by Michigan's offensive line. They really haven't allowed a lot of sacks this season. And, and Maryland, um, they're actually quietly okay at the pass rush. They have a, they don't have a, like a big, like every week he's threatening for a sack kind of guy, but they have four guys who have at least three sacks this season. Um, uh, they are 28th nationally in sacks per game in terms of PFF pass rush. Not as good. 112th nationally in, in pass rush, but that's pressures. That's efficiency. That, you know, that's not quite the same story. I'm actually kind of tempted to take the over, uh, Neil's got to know at this point. I complain about the sack over-unders every single time, but but I'm kind of tempted to take the over because if they are trying to throw a lot, and and I, another storyline to watch is, is McCarthy. Uh, did not play last week. Is this a game where they maybe let him have a couple series? We keep, we, we keep saying that, and then it doesn't really happen, but but knowing, I mean, this this might be the first year <laughs> that Michigan can go into the Ohio State game uh, one of the first years in the past decade that they can go to the Ohio State game with a healthy quarterback. Is this a game where maybe McCarthy gets a little bit more run? And we've seen that he's a little bit more prone to giving up sacks or taking sacks. Like McNamara, I think he he legitimately, that's a that's a plus on his skill set is avoiding sacks. And, and not that he's like fleet of foot or anything, but I think he just understands where pressure is going and he understands where he needs to be. Uh, anyway, because they pass more and because there's a chance that they put the backup in, I'm actually going to take the over. Maryland, decent at hitting home on sacks. So I'm going to take the over. I think there are a couple sacks in this game. I don't think it's necessarily concerning, but it, I think it could happen. Your thoughts? I'm going to take the over also because I I think Michigan will be in control and I do think we'll see some backups in the game. I think Maryland gets home more than once. So uh, not indicative of the direction I think the game is going to go, but I, I do think Maryland gets the over for sure. And I agree. 
not quite the same level as, as it is with Edwards for me, but I do think it's, it's advantageous for Michigan. If we see more JJ McCarthy on Saturday, absolutely. Again, you're one play away from at every position, you know, having to go to your backups. So I think seeing more McCarthy on Saturday would be a, a, a benefit for Michigan uh, again, heading into Ohio state. Yeah. The one interesting thing is that he just, I mean, he, he legitimately did not play at all on Saturday, which is the first time all season. I believe that that's been the case. Little surprising because they, they've shown, I mean, against Michigan state, he had a fourth down touchdown run uh, when the game was still very much up for grabs. You know, they put him in on, in red zone situations. He threw for a touchdown pass. Actually um, the fourth down touchdown run was at Wisconsin. My mistake. He threw for a touchdown pass against Michigan state. So they haven't been afraid to put him in the, in the high leverage moments, but it seemed like on Saturday they were, they were riding with Cade. Speaking of Edwards and McCarthy, our next over under 11.5 rushes for Edwards and McCarthy combined. So 12 or more Steve personal opinion here. If it's not the over, I think I would chalk Saturday up potentially as a loss. I maybe not like, I mean, obviously if they win, it's, it's not a loss, but that would be a missed opportunity because they might be the only team in the country. Someone could do the research on this. They might be the only team in the country with a, five-star running back and a five-star quarterback, both on the bench. And that's not, that's not, Michigan has legitimate productive starters ahead of them. I'm not saying that that's, that's the wrong part, but that's your future. That's, I mean, those two, whether it's next year or two years from now, you know, unless something changes, that's, those are the guys that you're going to be asking to be in this exact situation you know, contending for big 10 titles playing, uh, you know, as a top 10 team. And, and as you said, one play away from needing both against Ohio state. So I think, I think it'd be a missed opportunity if it's not 12, you know, Edwards, clearly Michigan, um, you know, Edwards, they're still trying to figure out necessarily where Edwards can play. Cause against Penn state, I mean, you got to think Haskins was, was beat up and tired, but they, they, they determined that a tired and beat up Haskins was more productive and more valuable than a healthy Donovan Edwards, you know, who only had two carries for two yards. So um, I, I think this is, this is a big opportunity for Michigan. They have legitimate backups who are highly, you know, extremely talented players. Feels like this is a game where it should be over. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the over, but, kind of with the understanding that Michigan, historically speaking, really has not utilized backups or, or tried to like work them into these types of games. I think they'd rather go with the, with the comfortable margin of victory. There is also the parallel. You don't want this to be turned into like a close game. You know, when you're thinking about playoff rankings and kind of that stuff, I don't think that's like at the forefront of Michigan's mind, but Steve, it feels like this should be an over. I think it could be an under, but I'm going to take the over. Where where are you at? 11.5 carries for the two combined. Does not count pass attempts, just just rushes. I'm going to go with the over as well. I pretty much agree with everything you said. I I think with la- I think as far as last week goes, I think it really was more about Michigan trusting Haskins to not fumble the football um, because he doesn't. And Edwards true had yeah. a couple has had a couple fumbles this year. I'm going all the way back to his recruitment 
I think I'd said while Michigan was recruiting him, I know their one big knock on him was his ball security. So, you know, but again, this would be the game to give him some run and, and let him kind of maybe let him loose finally and let him see what he can do provided he, we, we, we assume he's a hundred percent or close to it. I mean, again, I, I know they always say nobody's a hundred percent November, but I'm, what I mean, you know, is just that he's healthy enough to, to handle 10, 15 carries if they need him to, or if they want him to. So, uh, but I got to take the over. Cause I agree with you. If they, if it's not the over, then either this game was way closer than what was anticipated or someone got hurt or, you know, I just, there's no upside to running Haskins the way they did last Saturday. They shouldn't have to. Yeah. And you need him at, at, you need him as healthy as you can possibly have him for. Yeah. And and the other thing is like, especially with Edwards, you mentioned ball security. I'm sure pass protection. I, I think I've seen a couple whiffs, but he on paper, just physical talents alone against a team like Maryland. He could have a 100-yard game. I think I think that should be maybe quietly a goal for Michigan. Is if you're third string running back and, and someone that you might need, we don't know Blake Corum's status against Ohio State, but you know there's a chance he's the backup, and Haskins will surely be, um, you know, just as beat up, just as tired against Ohio State as he was against Penn State. And so yeah, it's um, I don't know. I think I think he's. He's really talented, so you might as well see what he's got. Might as well see what he's got against Big Ten teams. All right, last one on the offensive side of the ball. 3.5 players whose longest catch is at least 15 yards. So this is another one that probably won't – it's kind of hard to necessarily predict, but Maryland, if there's if – there's, there's a few weaknesses on their defense, but if there's one big one, it's the big pass plays. They have given up, Steve, 101 passing plays of at least 10 yards this season. Michigan by comparison has given up 70 in the same amount of games. Uh, They've given up 41 pass plays of 20 yards or more. Michigan by comparison has given up 25. So you're talking about a a coverage, a team that's not very good in coverage uh, that, that, you know, they're, they're fine at tackling, but they're not, they're not really great defensively and then without too much of a pass rush or a consistent pass rush they've just they've been prone to give up the big plays now they've played all the big boys right they've played ohio state they've played um penn state they've played michigan state you know mentioned you know penn state dotson what 240 yards against against maryland so i think there's there's cap- capabilities of big play. So I'm going to take the over. I don't know much about the, the how many different players whose longest catch is 15 yards, but but this feels like a game, as long as Michigan doesn't decide to just be conservative and run it up the middle the entire game, they should be able to put up some numbers. And I, I, I have to think they'll want to get some of these receivers, get some rhythm. You know, Roman Wilson got into a little bit of a rhythm last week, but, but is this a game where maybe Andrew Anthony can get can get back going where AJ Henning maybe can, can get back into things. Um, Dalen Baldwin is someone whose name we really haven't heard much from the past few weeks, Cornelius Johnson. So it's, you know, there's, there's a few guys I could see them wanting to get going. Plus tight end seems like every game they have at least one catch of 15 yards or more. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. I see between Ohio state, Iowa and Michigan state, 
those three teams averaged 57 or they, sorry, total scored 157 points against Maryland. Um, That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, again, whether it's Haskins, Edwards, whatever, it feels like Michigan, if they want to establish a run game early, will be able to do a good enough job to open up, you know, the passing game a little bit. So I'll take the over as well. All right. Rounding out our offense before we, before we hit a break. Keys for Michigan in terms of a successful weekend, not just winning, but, you know, looking at Ohio State and, and well, if they beat Ohio State, maybe there's another game after that. But, but you know, specifically to Ohio State, is there anything you really want to see from this offense that, that would make you feel uh, maybe not more confident? Because I don't think either of us are necessarily going to pick Michigan to win against Ohio State. Uh, kind of depends on how the Buckeyes look this weekend. But, but that would make you feel more confident in Michigan's potential offensively. For me... I, I think the offensive line is is the key or the, the, the position group that I'm watching the most closely. I, I think quietly because Haskins is so good at avoiding tackles for loss and McNamara is so good at avoiding sacks. I think the offensive line has quietly avoided the scrutiny, plus they're nine and one. I don't think this offensive line has had very many games where they've really established their authority. Now, injuries have played a role, uh, but... I think the best thing that could happen to Michigan on Saturday, other than like, I guess, scoring 50 points would be the offensive line just dominates Maryland. Ohio state will be a tougher challenge. I understand. But, but I think if, if Michigan's offensive line has a clean, crisp and dominant game on Saturday, that means that that group is continuing to grow uh, and, and they're starting to find their stride a little bit. So the, so the numbers I'm looking for, probably from pro football focus is, is quarterback pressures allowed per per passing snap. How does that compare to the, to the rest of the season? And then also yards before contact for the running backs. Now that's, you know, the before contact is technically subjective, but I think Haskins, you know, more than more than 60% of his rushing yards have come after contact this season. Can it be, you know, can it be a little bit, can they get average three yards before contact per carry this game? If, if Michigan really clamps down on the offensive line, I'll go into Ohio state thinking that Michigan's offense is top three in the big 10 and capable of putting 30 ish, 30 plus points on Ohio state. Any keys for you, Steve, for this weekend on the offensive side of the ball, um, just in terms of it being a successful weekend, not in addition to a victory that I think you and I are both predicting. Uh, I'm just going to, this is going to be the theme for me until next Saturday. It is, I'm with you all the way. It's, it's up front. That's where these questions are going to be answered. That's what's going to determine missions, Michigan's success against Ohio state. So you want to see the offensive line come out. Like Ryan Hayes needs to have a bounce back. Yes, game. he struggled quite a bit against Penn State. Right. Granted, good good pass rusher, but Ohio State's going to have good pass rushers too, right? Obviously. So um, 100% starts and ends up front for me. So definitely going to be keeping an eye. I think you said, would you say that the their uh, Maryland's PFF stats kind of kind of stink? You know, pass rush uh, defense. Right? Yes. Here, here. I'll read. I'll read off the defensive ones to give fans a sense. Uh, 
121st overall in defensive grade, 119th in run defense, 112th in pass rushing, uh, 67th in tackling. So they don't miss a ton of tackles, but they also don't, they miss a decent amount of tackles still to be below average. And then 103rd in coverage. So yeah, the, the defensive front, not a lot to be intimidated by in this game. Right. So starts up even as like, uh, I guess Maryland, maybe not quite the, the pretest, I guess that you would really want heading into Ohio state, but either way, I think like you said, I, I totally, I actually really agree with you on the, you know, Haskins and McNamara, maybe, you know, creating a little bit of a perception. I think the offensive line's been a plus. It's been an asset. That's not, you know, it's not that. I just, I'm not sure if they've been elite. Have they been, Michigan is the number six team in the country. Have they been the number six offensive line in the country? I don't think it's been close. Right. So, uh, so yeah, no, like I said, this is going to be a theme. Hopefully it doesn't get too repetitive for people out there. But for me, this, it starts, absolutely starts up front. And that starts on Saturday, you know, another opportunity to play high quality football heading into, you know, a huge game. Yeah. Maryland's defensive front, not comparable to Ohio state's let's, let's be very clear, but I think you and I are on the same page. It's an opportunity for Michigan's offensive line to build some confidence, some chemistry after having some, uh, you know, they've had to have different guys step in throughout the season. And, and who knows, maybe learn a thing or two. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the uh, funny thing to me about is, is particularly college sports, but, but these teams in general is, you know, they are learning stuff every week. Michigan can still be better a week from now than they were today. And I think, I think one of those big areas is the offensive line. We're going to hit a quick break on the other side. We've got the rest of our over-unders looking at the defense and the special teams, some of our keys for Michigan's defense, and then our final predictions for this matchup. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, I, while I don't think Michigan, Maryland's defense offers much of a challenge, I do think their offense offers some parallels to Ohio State. We'll talk about those in just a moment. But first, number five in our prop bets over-unders, 2.5 sacks for David Ajabo, Aiden Hutchinson. You know, these two, not just chasing quarterbacks, they are chasing history at this point. They are both two sacks away from the all-time, well, at least tying the all-time sack record for Michigan in single-season sacks, and they, they have several games to get there. Um, but I think Maryland might be one of their better opportunities to. Um, 
Terrapins, one, they pass a lot, like a lot, a lot. And then two, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're okay in pass pro. They're 35th nationally. That's, that's worse than Penn State was or about comparable to what, what Penn State was. Um, so I think, I think this is a game where Michigan, you know, they see some of these awards. They see the, the watch list. The, you know, I know Michigan's vouching for Aiden Hutchinson to be a Heisman candidate. You and I both have kind of said, eh, eh maybe not. But, but one of the top defensive players in the country certainly seems like an All-American. I feel like this is a game where Michigan lets them turn loose. Uh, almost the opposite of Haskins, where they maybe try to, try to limit what he can do this week. I think they might try to say, yeah, keep, keep scaring Ohio state's uh, <laughs> offensive linemen, you know, keep, keep letting these guys get the headlines that they deserve. I mean, they have two guys who on any given snap, both can get sacks. I think they try to put this game away with that early on. Now, Maryland will try to key in on both of them, but do they get two and a half sacks? I, I am actually going to say, the under, but I, th- I do think both can be, I could easily be wrong there. It's just, uh, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, is Maryland, what is their number one key on offense? It's probably to s- minimize how many sacks those two give up. What do you think of, of this over under? Uh, I'm going to go with the over. I think these guys are in a zone right now. They you are. Can, That's you can, true. You can key on them all you want. You can't put, you can't double two guys. I mean, you can, I suppose, but then you're, how many, you have two receivers out wide, you know? Um, I don't know if Maryland's tight end situation, if they can like chip, I, I don't feel like they have tight ends that are, you know, I, I just, no, I'm going to go with the over. I think these guys are both. Geez. I mean, the, I don't know if it was a mix. No, not mix. Somebody else for ESPN to just do a mock draft. Yesterday had both of them in the top 10. I mean, these guys are both like trending. I mean, Hutchins has been trending up. Ojabo has exploded. You know, I'm going to go with the over. Yeah. The one, the one thing I am curious about is Maryland. I don't think they've been like a, a wait, wait, wait for the deep ball. Like I think they have been able to get the ball out early. Um, but Regardless, I think that's our first disagreement of the games or of the of this episode. So we probably probably needed one. Otherwise, we're going to end up with the same score. All right, number six. Does Talia Tagovailoa pass and run for a combined two hundred and eighty nine point five yards? I'll pull up his season stats in just a moment. But but Steve, that's obviously the big thing here. Maryland having some injuries. They don't have a ton in the run game this season. But Talia has been very good, um, you know, and, and, and it hasn't necessarily resulted in wins, but it has resulted in, in yards for him. 289.5, over or under for you? I still got to go under, right? I don't know. I don't see him getting there. Michigan's pass defense is – talk about ascending. You know, I mean, DJ Turner has ascended into – I mean, he was primarily the guy that shut down Jahan Dotson last Saturday, uh, Maryland, probably a little deeper. I know they have one of their, I think one of their receivers is injured and out, uh, but they do have a couple other guys, you know, maybe, maybe a little more people to throw the ball to, but no, I'm still going to go with the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Um, I didn't really, 
I don't know if Neil knew this. He's only got he has negative seven rushing yards on the year. So unless he meant sack adjusted rushing yards, which he didn't specify, so we're gonna assume that he did not. Uh he's only averaging three hundred and ten pass I say only he's averaging three hundred and ten passing yards per game, but I, I that hasn't that hasn't come against the best teams. I mean they I think he's he's put up some crazy numbers against some struggling pass defenses, but Michigan's, as you said, ascending, getting better each week. Um, I guess we don't know Jamon Green's status, but as, as you pointed out, as we pointed out last episode, um, I mean Turner's looking like a star. You know, he's he's looking very good, and and Vincent Gray, I thought had a had a plus game against Penn State as well. Curious about the safety position because you know Hill. Obviously, he's doing his thing, but but he's been moved around a couple times in the past couple weeks. Rod Moore, I mean, clearly they're Rod Moore getting his first start. Clearly, they're still kind of tinkering there and 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 thinking that maybe that there's some untapped potential in the safety room. But as far as the the net overall, I mean, if we're predicting sacks, if we're predicting Michigan's coverage to have to to continue to ascend, then he's not getting to 289.5 overall yards. All right, next one. 49.5 yards for Michigan's or not Mar- Michigan, Maryland's leading rusher. They do not have a ton in the run game. Uh so far on the ground, Tayon Fleet Davis is their leading rusher, 441 yards in 10 games. That's 44.1 per game. Um I'm going to assume Chalin Famatau, forgive me if that's incorrect, uh, 235 rushing yards this season. You know, I think I think the 49.5 is tricky because I think one, like, broken play with a backup defense in might shift this. But I I, I think this is this is a game where Maryland's really just going to have to pass. I don't, I don't think that they're going to have much going on the ground. Um, not a... Not a super strong run blocking team. You know, I think they're athletic enough up front to limit sacks, but but yeah, run blocking um hundred and sixth nationally, according to Pro Football Focus. So I'm gonna take the under here. Feels like a kind of an easy one, but but obviously the the snag there is does Michigan give up one long rushing play? Because if they do, then it's probably over, but I'm gonna take the under. Uh, I'm with you. I take the under. This is one area, one reason why to me, there are no similarities between Maryland and Ohio state because Ohio state can run the football and Maryland cannot. Fair enough. Maryland is much more like Penn state, you know, maybe. I, I, yeah, no, I mean, they're actually, I just looked just to be clear, Maryland and Penn state's rushing stats are almost identical. They rush for almost the same amount of yardage per game this year. It's almost identical. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to take the under, I agree. I mean, yeah, one broken play could easily make this one wrong, but I'll just go with uh, that not happening and I'll go with the under. All right. Last one, which will be higher number of times Michigan punts or number of Maryland three and outs. So that's, that's, that's an interesting one. I, I think, um, I mean, it's, that'll probably tell us what, what this game is like. I mean, if Mich- if Michigan's forcing 
four or more three and outs and punting four fewer times, then yeah, they're probably winning by a lot. I'm going to say Michigan punts more. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of a coin flip last week. It was, it was much more punts for Michigan than three and outs forced out of Penn state. I think the one thing that would be like do turnovers or, you know, the half ending, do those count as three and outs? If they don't, then I'm going to take more punts. I think Michigan's defense will have a nice game. I don't think they're going to, like, shut Maryland out. What do you think, Steve? Uh, yeah, I think I agree. This will be a little bit different than last week. It is on the road. Maryland, again, like you're talking about Sean Clifford wasn't really fully healthy last week still. Um, Maryland may do a little bit better job protecting the quarterback, too. So, yeah, I think uh, – what was its punt? It's the punt one again, the punt. Number of punts versus, versus passing yards. Number of three and outs. Oh, three and outs. Um, yeah, I'll go with the number of three and outs. Did I just totally contradict myself? Well, you disagreed with me, but that's fine. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll go with the three and outs. I think you could honestly go either way for it. It's so. a tough one. Yeah. Um, all right, so those were our over-unders. Steve, we did it for the offensive side of the ball. What's something you want to see from Michigan's defense this game that will make it a quote-unquote successful weekend in addition to the likely victory? For me, I think this is something that has been missing from the Ohio State game in recent seasons. Is I, want, I, I think this is a game where, where Michigan will feel a lot more confident if Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton and I guess Mike Morris and, and, and some of the other guys who, who will play inside at times. Julius Welshoff is quietly, his snap count has increased a little bit. If the defensive tackles have a great game and maybe even get a couple sacks, because I do think Ohio State's offensive line, I don't think they're necessarily going to win the battle against Hutchinson and Ajabo, but I, I don't think it's going to be like Penn State. I do think Ohio State's offensive tackles, I mean, they're, they're future draft picks. You know, they're, they're good. They're good football players. And so I think, I think seeing how the defensive tackles respond this week, I think that will tell us a little bit about just how capable this defensive line is against the Buckeyes. Because we can talk about Ohio State's receivers. They're amazing. You know, they, they can run all sorts of routes. They have a quarterback who can get them the ball. But Michigan changes the scope of what Ohio State's offense can do if it produces a legit pass rush. And I think a legit pass rush to me, as good as the Jabo and Hutchinson have been, I think a legit pass rush to me is, is having the guys in the inside produce as well. What's something you want to see from the defense this week that would, that would constitute a successful week? Maryland, you mentioned not much of a run game, but they are capable in the passing game and they are going to throw it a lot. What's something you're keeping an eye on? Uh, you named the three players I was going to name with Smith, Hinton, and and Morris, honestly. Because, like I said, it's going to be a theme. It comes down to up front. I do think the linebacker situation also is important. But situation meaning their performance? Just, yeah, sit, uh, sit, like scenario-based performance, like, you know, pass coverage. You know, I kind of wonder – 
again, I don't know Maryland's tight end situation, but I, I can see, you know, this is where Ohio State's always so dangerous. I could see a guy like Jeremy Ruckert giving Michigan problems next Saturday, right? Um, so I think pass coverage from the linebackers, which is, has been an issue, particularly in the middle, you know, uh, is going to be something that's going to be important next week also. But I, I really, yeah, it just, it still comes down to up front. And it comes down to those guys. Cause I think at this point we can count on whether or not Ojabo Hutchinson are putting up the raw numbers. They're just going to attract enough attention and do enough to where they're, they're still going to create opportunities for everybody else. It's just a matter of those guys taking advantage of that opportunity. Mozzie Smith played really well the last three or four weeks. Um, you know, I think, I think next year you're looking at an all big 10 type guy in the middle possibly. And, and so his continued emergence is really big. I think Hinton has played sound football, but I agree. I think it's getting penetration in the middle, plugging gaps, but also, yeah, providing some kind of pass rush would be, I mean, what do you do at that point? If Michigan can get any pass rush in the middle, good luck, you know? So yeah, all about up front. All right. Final predictions for this game i uh, i guess i mean i think we both have kind of alluded to it enough i, I think michigan's going to win the, the big question for me will be like do they do they shut it down you know do they do they keep a conservative playbook because i almost think i mean everyone i don't know i i almost think michigan would benefit from opening the playbook a little bit just just um, to keep to put more stuff on film for Ohio State to to think about ahead of the game, you know, it's, I think Ohio State's good enough to adjust to like a new play. I don't think there's any, first of all, I don't think there's any play that Ohio State that Michigan has run this year that Ohio State hasn't already seen. So, I mean, unless there's like brand new wrinkles, seven hundred snaps into the season, might as well just throw what you got, show show what you have. I, you know, I think so. I, I, I don't think there's much benefit to shutting it down. I think, I think when McCarthy and Edwards go in there, I think Michigan's goal should be to score. I don't think it should be to, to get through the game or run some clock. I think they should go ahead, try to put up 50 plus if you can. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they get that far, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Michigan 42, Maryland. I do think they'll get a couple scoring drives. I, I think they're more potent. They're actually probably on paper the the best passing offense Michigan has faced all season. So I'm going to say Michigan 42, Maryland 20. Steve, what do you think? That's close to what I was going to predict, just because I, I agree. You actually watched a little bit of Maryland-Michigan State last Saturday, and, and Maryland had a lot of self-inflicted mistakes that really that game could have been a lot closer than what it ended up. I think 40 to 21 was the final score. I think was there game, a, was there a lot of turnovers? Cause that is yeah, something Maryland yeah. has struggled with. this yes. season. I was, I'm surprised Neil didn't hit us up with a turnover over under, but I want to say that, that Maryland had a couple turnovers in the red zone. Also, I, I, someone can correct me if I'm wrong there. I feel like I, that's what my recollection was from the brief time that I did watch the game, but yeah. Uh, this is not going to be a case where Michigan overlooks anybody because next week is so important. That's why they won't look over this 
opponent, right? I think there's, I think, I think it, it, it goes past trap game and becomes a game where they're going to be hyper-focused because they know if they can beat this team, then the stakes will this, then it's, they have all the marbles in front of them next Saturday. Um, so yeah, I think Michigan, I say 41 to 17. I think Michigan comfortably could be one of those games where maybe it's not in doubt, but like it's, it's, you know, it, it's contentious. It's, um, you know, it, it's back and forth, maybe a little bit for maybe the first half's a little bit closer than fans are comfortable with. I think Michigan does what they've done to a, the more of the inferior teams on their schedule and just kind of pulls away in the second half, uh, out physicals them and, uh, pulls away with a couple touchdowns. So 41 to 17, I'm going to take Michigan. All right, there you have it. I will be live on the scene along with Josh Newkirk in college park, but there'll be tons of coverage from all of us over at the Michigan insider.com Michigan 24 seven sports.com. We've also got a lot of podcasts for you to listen to. Hope you hope you give them all a chance. You know, Steve and I talked about basketball, Sam and Sam and Tim McCormick have their basketball podcast. Uh, then there's also the Michigan recruiting insider podcast. So, Maybe you've got a road trip or you've got some some chores to do around the house. Uh, pop in the headphones and and let us help you through it. <laughs> Anyways, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.